0: out of all the yeshivas in pre-war Europe the Slobodka Yeshiva was unique for producing Gedolim Yisrael the Judaism we have in America that we celebrate, that's thriving that's growing qualitatively and quantitatively is due directly to whatever was going on in that small building in Europe Reb Aaron Cutler who created the Lakewood Yeshiva, now you have thousands and thousands of people learning daily, Reb Ruderman, Rav Huttner, Rav Dovid Leibowitz, Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky. Judaism as we know it today came from the seeds that were planted in Slobotka. Before the altar of Slobotka started the Yeshiva, he approached Rav Yisrael Salanter to ask him the question, what should the focus of the Yeshiva be? What's our mantra? What's our mission? Mishrael Salanthar answered him by quoting the Pesach in Yeshaya, To breathe life into those who are feeling down, who are dejected. To give them chizik, to uplift them, to show them who they are and what they could accomplish. That's the mission of the yeshiva. He wasn't responding to the derech halimud, how to tear apart, how to analyze a gemara. He wasn't responding with any particular approach to musr. He wanted to, to share the message with Rav Nassim Finkel. This has to be the aim. This is what we're striving for, to create gedolim. And we do that through enabling them to see who they are and what they could accomplish. Lachayos ruach shvulem. There's a story of a non-religious journalist back in pre-war Europe who went around interviewing famous rabbis, asking them the question, what is the main job of a rabbi? And as the story goes, she approached the Oracha Shulchan, Rabbi Michal Epstein, one of the greatest poskim of the the 19th century and the early 20th century. And he responded naturally, the rabbi's job was to poskin." to have a mastery of halacha, of shulchan arach, and to guide congregants in the right direction. The same question was posed to Rav and Spechter, and his response was to be marbitz Torah. The rabbi's job is there to help people learning and growing and creating new shiurim, spread the light of Torah. And then she went to Reb Chaim, and Reb Chaim quoted the same posseh, The goal of a rabbi is to breathe life into people, to show them who they are and to explain, to give them a picture, a vision of who they can become. The idea of self-esteem is spoken a lot about. It's a buzz phrase of sorts nowadays. How crucial is that in our Avodos Hashem? How much of a role does that play as we strive in our growth to become better people, to become loftier people? I want to share with you a line from the Rabbin Derben The Yona, one of the great Rishonim of the 13th century, he's well known for the Sefer Shari chuva, but he also has a Sefer Shari Avoda. At the very beginning of Shari Avoda, the Rebbeinah Yonah writes as follows, HaPesach HaRishon Hu, the first step in Aravoda Hashem, the most fundamental ingredient, SheYeda HaIsh HaOved Erech Atmo, is that the person understands his own value, VeYaker MaLasu, ma'lasu and he is a recognition of who he is and where he comes from. The understanding that I'm not an island, I'm not standing here alone, but I'm a link in this chain of Klal Borach <inaudible> That one recognizes how much a Kodesh Baruch who loves me. This, says the Rebidah will help one in his growth, will help one in his she'ifa and his Eliyah, striving for higher levels, climbing the rungs of the ladder. And it will also help one, when faced with a challenge. Before Yiras Hashem, before having any real reverence or awe of Hashem to stop me from doing something I don't want to do, there's something more basic, I writes the Rebbe Yonah. Yoshev lenavshav yomar. When I'm confronted with a challenge, I'll say to myself, Adam gadol v'chashav kimoni someone who's so choshev, who's so valuable like myself sheyesh malos tovos ramos venisos i have so many things going for me vashani ben gedolim ben and i come from the greatest of people i come from a Klal Yisrael, from the amanavher eich hazos how can i do this says there benyona before having a fear of hashem I have a fear of myself, if I understand who I am, then I, I can't go in this direction. I can't allow myself to get mad and express my anger. I can't allow myself to say something that's so insensitive. That's, that's not who I am. So it's clear from the Rabbin Yonah, the notion, the concept of self-esteem is not just the buzzword that's going around nowadays. This is mainstream Torah philosophy. This is the building block to all of our Vodas Hashem. How do we do it? How do we increase? How do we enhance our own self-esteem? How do we engender self-esteem within our children, within our students? Now the whole world has challenges. And in every generation we always say, I can't believe what's going on nowadays, and I think that's even more true nowadays. But as Jews, as people who are committed to a Torah lifestyle, people who are thinking about our flaws and feeling bad about our limitations, I think we have a unique challenge. We talk about Shlemus, we we have this notion of introspection, we say we ask hashem for forgiveness three times a day which clearly presupposes that we're constantly making mistakes and we are and we are with so much of a focus on what we're doing wrong how do we have a healthy vibrant self-esteem how are we m'kayim the pesach harishon of their Yona*? How do we live with the mantra of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter and Rabbi Chaim, l'achayos lev shvolim l'achayos lev Nidkoim? I'd like to focus on this this morning. And like all areas of Torah, often by asking questions and by creating some level of confusion, we could arrive at a greater clarity. The, the phrase is, She'elas The question of the wise man is half the answer. I'd like to share with you two problems that will hopefully direct us closer to the answer. The first is a Mishnah, a well-known Mishnah in the second parak of Pirkei The Mishnah tells us, Don't view yourself as a Russia don't picture yourself as a bad person. The Rambam, in his commentary on this mission, explains, When a person views himself as lacking and deficient, Then it doesn't make a difference. Okay, I'm about to do an Avera. What's the big deal? I'm chaser, I'm pachos. I'm deficient, I'm lacking. So I'll do another thing wrong. That's what the Mishnah is saying. Don't view yourself as lacking, because otherwise you'll do more of eros. You'll make more mistakes. What has always bothered me about this Rambam is that it doesn't seem to be true. How could the Mishnah tell us, don't view yourself as someone who's lacking. Don't view yourself as someone with limitations. But I am deficient! Just last night, the way I was speaking to my child, that, I, I feel terrible about that. The way I was having a conversation with a friend of mine at the office, speaking negatively about somebody else, and then I thought about it half an hour later, and I, I can't believe I said the things I said. How I dove in shachris, but I just, I, I, I stand there with the sitter, I, I don't even really try to pay attention to the words that I'm saying. I should tell myself I'm not deficient? I'm 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 chaser in so many areas. What does the Mishnah mean? That's problem number one. Problem number two is based on a Posik we read a few weeks ago in Parshas Balak. during the, the second blessing. Balak stands and he looks at the Jewish people and he says, Lohibit oven Beyakov, veloro Omol And according to Rashi, this Posik means. Hashem doesn't see sin within Yaakov. He doesn't notice transgression within Yisrael. Rather, Hashem Hashem is with the Jewish people. And the friendship of the king is there. It's strong. Hashem doesn't see the sin within the Jewish people. The way Rashi expresses this, when the Jewish people neglect the words of Hashem. Hashem is not so medaktik. He's not so meticulous. It sounds like Rashi is saying, Hashem doesn't care that much because he's our friend. He's our buddy. He looks past those things. The problem with Rashi is that although of course we believe HaKadosh Baruch Hu is compassionate and loving and merciful and only wants our best, but we also believe in the Gemara and Baba Kama that tells us, anyone who says that Hashem looks past my sins, my mistakes, the consequence of that is Hashem will look past you. So, of course, Hashem is loving more than we could ever imagine, but Hashem is also just, and Hashem does care about the little things, and He does pay attention to the mistakes that I make, and therefore, He wants me to improve myself. How could Rashi say, lohibit oven v'yakov, Hashem is not midaktik? So, problem number one is: What exactly is the Mishnah telling us? We should not view ourselves as lacking when we're so lacking, and there's so many areas of life that I need to improve. And problem number two is: How could how could Bilam be telling us that Hashem doesn't care about our mistakes? And the Orachayim on this pasuk says an amazing. Powerful idea. Writes the Orachayim, Even though we do make mistakes collectively and individually, It doesn't become part and parcel of who I am. It doesn't, it's not koveya. It doesn't implant itself in the essence of who I am. The hate, the mistake, the sin, whatever word you want to use, it doesn't transform me. It doesn't make me a different person. When we make mistakes, when we do chatoyim, it's like dirt. It's shmutz. And you could remove dirt through washing and through scrubbing. The hate, the mistake, the lifestyle doesn't change who I am. That's what the Pesach means, Lo Oven Lo Ra Hashem doesn't see any hate Biyakov within the essence of who I am. Banim matam The Torah tells us Hashem views us as His children. And we Paskin, like Reb tells us, Bein kach, ubein kach, no matter what we're doing, no matter how far we have strayed, no matter the lifestyle we find ourselves in now, although it's miles and light years away from the Deirah HaTorah, Hashem says, you're still my children. You might have some shmutz, you might have some dirt, and that requires tshuva. But tshuva is the process of cleaning off the dirt, Doing hadacha and rechitzah. this idea, this insight of the orachaim, is life-changing. If we could really view ourselves, that no matter how far we've gone, no matter how many mistakes mistakes we've made, bein adam when it comes to interpersonal relationships, when it comes to my connection with Hashem, I, I'm I'm the same neshama Tahora. I'm a pure, lofty, majestic neshama. I could change these mistakes I've made. It doesn't define who I am. One of the, the most powerful lines from the Zohar. Ilmalehova Yodin b'nei Nasha Rachimusa Darachim Kudchabrichal Yisrael. If people only had a glimpse of the love that Hashem has for Klal Yisrael. They would chase after Hashem, roaring like a lion. If we had any little clue to the ava'aza, that powerful nuclear love of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for all of us, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, because He sees through the schmutz. Hashem sees me, Hashem wants me. So, return us. Because we're the same people we were before. We just have to get the schmutz off. When the Mishnah in says, don't view yourself as a Russia, it's not telling us to live in denial. It's not telling us to, to pretend we don't have flaws and, and negative midos. We have all those things and more. But don't ever view yourself as Pachos Vachaser. That's apikorsis, that's heresy. What I've done doesn't change who I am intrinsically. Lohibit Ovenbayakov Lo R O Mul Many of us are familiar with the tragedy that took place a few weeks ago with a young lady named Malki. And what's so extremely sad is that this is not an isolated incident. The idea of young men and women who feel such a strong sense of shame, of hopelessness, and therefore trying to numb and medicate themselves to the point where so many children are dying. This is not an isolated incident. And this is a case where it's clear none of the classic usual suspects are to blame. You can't blame the family. The parents were loving and supportive and caring you can't blame the schools necessarily that were, you know, terrible Rebbe and they were abusive. You can't blame the people usually look towards to the blame. The, the reality is children are having a hard time feeling that they're worthy. We're having a hard time feeling that I have value. I want to share with you a couple of lines. There is a beautiful poem written by one of Malki's close friends and this poem was compiled through texts and emails that were sent from Malki and she put them together in the following way she writes and this is a referring to a time in Malki's life where she was out of one school waiting to be accepted into the next when after three months one school had pity on me From my prison, I was finally set free. I was determined to prove I'll get my degree and finally find my place in humanity. My parents got me all the help I needed to achieve. In me, they always did believe. After a long day in school, not really grasping, I sat all evening with tutors to help me with understanding. It was like going to two schools in one year. Finally, I buckled. It was too much to bear. The subjects that were so simple for the rest of my grade took me hours to complete with enormous amount of aid. Although I was doing well, I still felt dejected. I stopped caring in my grades I neglected. If this is the only way not to be rejected, this is not the life choice I had elected. I passed the point of fragile. And now I was broken beyond repair, like the plate of the tennolium they break on a chair. I started feeling and thinking, life isn't fair, how could it be, where do I go from here? A hundred years ago, even if I didn't have the personality where I could sit down and read something and absorb information, I wasn't book smart. I couldn't sit there in a class for hours and listen to teacher's lecture. I could still be a very productive, helpful member of society. I could be a blacksmith, I could be a carpenter, I could do many wonderful things, I could be a mother, I could be a wife, I could be loving, caring, compassionate and competent in everything I do. We live in a world now where if one is struggling academically if I just don't have the type of personality to be able to sit here and listen to you teach me things that I have no interest in Not only is my education in jeopardy, not only is my Judaism in jeopardy, my life is in jeopardy. And this is not to blame the system and blame the yeshivas. There's nothing to blame. These are the facts. This is the reality we're dealing with. And therefore, we have an obligation more than ever to hammer home the message ruach that everybody should become aware of and live with the mantra of no matter how I'm doing in school, no matter how I'm doing spiritually, that doesn't change who I am. Lo <speaking> oven <in> b'yakov, <Hebrew> lo ro omel b'yisrael. HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees me, he sees the neshama tahora. I can get rid of the shmutz. It doesn't change who I am. We have to hammer home that message as much as possible. When it comes to the world of self-esteem, subtleties make a difference. I want to share with you one very interesting study that I found fascinating. This took place decades ago and there was a breakthrough in the field of psychology. There was a team of researchers that went around to different schools throughout America, public schools, and they spoke with the teachers of different classrooms. Telling them that three or four kids in the class, it was one out of every five students, 20%, were extremely gifted, had amazing potential. You know, they didn't realize it until now, but based on different um, exams, they picked up on the fact that these children are head and shoulders above the rest, and therefore maximize their cohos, bring out their full abilities. That was the message given to teachers at the beginning of the year. In reality, the children who were pointed out had no greater academic achievements or capacities than anybody else in the classroom. Fast forward now to the end of the year. The same team of researchers come back and they interview the administration and the teachers, and they see there's a common theme. The children who were pointed out months ago to the teacher as being gifted as being highly talented they did extremely well that year they they were head and shoulders above the rest of the class what was it they concluded that although the teachers never went to the children and said oh i heard that you're gifted i want you to do well through the interactions, through how the teacher would listen to a question when it was coming from one of those students, through how they would interpret everything that child was saying, in all of the details and all of the nuances and all of the subtleties, it was coming out that the teacher believed in the student, and the student picked up on that. And that's what enabled them to thrive and to really maximize their potential because they felt that somebody believed in me. The goal of a yeshiva, the goal of a rav, the goal of a parent, the goal of a school teacher, our goal in all of our interactions with others, Lachayos ruach shvalim, allow people, encourage people to see themselves, to realize no matter what lifestyle we're in, no matter how much dirt we're covered in, the Neshama Tehorah is there and it's vibrant and it's pounding and it's soaring. That's how a Kaddosh Baruch sees us. Lohibit Oven B'Yakov. want to end with this story. This is a marshal from Meshul Shadron of a young man who was very distant from his parents and eventually he moved out of the house. And years went by and they really didn't communicate in any way, shape or form. And then he uh, he was feeling pangs of guilt and he decided to try to get back home. But he wasn't sure if his parents would accept him, he wasn't sure if his parents would want him. So he sent a letter to his parents telling them that I'll be taking the bus and the Greyhound arriving at the station at 12 o'clock. And I, I understand if you don't want to be there to meet me, I understand if you have want nothing to do with me, but just do me a favor because I don't want to be surprised. If you are there and you do want to receive me in a warm way, do something to let me know before I even speak to you. If you could wear some article of white clothing um, to at least give me the heads up. That you're okay with me. That was the letter sent to his parents. The day comes and he's traveling hours via the bus. He falls asleep as the bus is pulling into the station. And he opens his eyes, very groggy. He realizes this is his stop. And he looks out the window of the bus and he sees mom and dad standing there in full white from head to toe with streamers of white and posters of white throughout the entire bus station sending the clear message that yes we want to welcome you with open arms lohibit oven b'yakov who says <laughs> that bus station is decked out white never say pachos v'chaser you have neshama tahora lachayos ruach shvalem. this is our mantra This is our goal. This is the Pesach HaRishon. Pavodes Hashem.